episode something uh as i told you last episode which was goddamn near about six and a half months ago now to be honest it's been busy school life shit happens and we are revamping rookie on the rise uh we are gonna have one rookie per podcast we're gonna keep the podcast simple short and sweet sort of like this kiss analogy and we're going to just kind of keep it rolling and see how many rookies we get through before the season starts. And without further ado, it seems silly not to bring on a legend, a stall, a stalwart, a stronghold yeah. of the show. Uh, Mr. Dallas Hyder, a.k.a. on Twitter at Salad Galore. You can find him in the Dynasty Warzone. How are you doing, my friend? It's great to be back. Uh, yeah, I'm basically like a co-host almost at this point. It's been a couple of years in a row now at this point. So uh, yeah, no, I am here very much ready to talk some rookies in this class. Uh, people like to dog on this class. Most people have been doing that for the first month or so of what most people classify as quote unquote rookie season. Uh, but there's a lot of fun, intriguing prospects in here, specifically in the running back class. So I'm excited to talk about, uh, you know, one of my guys today. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. It's uh, it's sort of up in the air after one, to be completely honest. Yep. Assuming that one of our guys comes in heavy, then it's up in the air after two. Anyways, yeah. as always, we have to do a question of the show. And pulling from watching the Full Swing documentary on Netflix, which I strongly recommend if you even remotely enjoy golf. If you were a golfer making – if you are a golfer and your money came based on your performances, would you – stay in the PGA and risk missing the cut and not making any money? Or would you go to the live golf tournament, golf open that program and make an X amount of money predetermined and not based on your performance? How would you handle that? Uh, I mean, based off of my performance specifically, I'm definitely not going the PGA route. Um, I am a hundred percent kind of like a, uh, well, for just kind of, messing around with my swing here left and right but uh yeah no i mean i get the allure of the millions and millions of dollars but when you look at like total career earnings on the actual pga i feel like the smart move is to go to a uh you know prerequisite amount of money that i know i can stay at that level some would call me you know not trusting in my own ability and or a lackluster athlete but uh a paycheck's a paycheck you know <laughs> there's something to be said for making money for not really having to do good at many things it's, yeah. uh, Talk about every backup quarterback in the NFL, right? You know, I kind of, I kind of looked at it as like the English Premier League and the MLS. Like, once you're yeah. no longer good enough for the English Premier League, you can still make money in the MLS and be good. It's kind of yeah. advertisement. Was. It's all about the brand, baby. Let's go. Brand, baby. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Okay, so Dallas, you're going to talk to us about Zach Charbonnet, the previous Michigan Wolverine, more previous UCLA Bruin. Uh, his pre-measurement combine. Pre-combine measurements, 6'1", 220 pounds, gives him a BMI of 29. 
Uh, he's coming into the draft at 22 years old, which is just so sexy. College dominator rating of 30.6, which is a 70th percentile. His yards per carry was seven, which is a 92nd percentile. And he had a college target share of 14.5%, which is a 93rd percentile. He had a career high of 1.45 yards per team attempt. And that's all I got on Zach Chardonnay. So tell me about him. Why should I care about him? Let's get into the nitty gritties. He is the, okay, I don't want to call him the thumper of this class because that is definitely uh, Torian Thompson out of the University of Utah is who the thumper, quote unquote, is because that dude's like 255 pounds. But uh, Zach, Zach Charbonnet is a big boy that moves like a non-big boy. He moves a lot quicker and more efficient than you would typically expect with a running back of his size. Um you know how people like to inflate numbers. A lot of schools like to inflate numbers. He's every part of 6'1", 220. When you see him on the field, he is significantly thick. He may come in slightly taller, slightly bigger than that, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, when you think of a back that is this big, you think of a bruiser, a guy that can only run throughout the tackles. But as you pointed out, receiving back, super soft hands, um, may run. I, I won't call it the best wheel route in the class because I think – Technically, Deuce Vaughn runs the best wheel route in the class, but that's a story for a different day. Um, for him, you think size, power, strength, awesome. Um, he takes contact better than any running back in the class. You typically do not take him down on first contact, and it's not like the UCLA you know, offensive line was top five because it wasn't. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson was running for his life all year, and so was Zach Charbonnet. But guess what? You're looking at a producer that if you – you know, just kind of take it as it is with the um, Pac-12 in that COVID year because they only played, I think, two games or one game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's increased his production from the 700 range to the 1100 range, and then this year putting up almost 1400 yards on the ground, uh, seven yards a clip this year, almost six yards a clip last year, double-digit touchdowns both of the years. Uh, his reception total almost doubled, not quite, but basically 1.75 from last year to. Um, it was 37 receptions this year for over 300 yards, no touchdowns, not super great. Um, but that's not why I love Zach Charbonnet. The reason I love Zach Charbonnet is his vision. He is able to weave his way in and out of the second level defenders better than most backs in this class. And that's without a complete cap on his athletic metrics that we're expecting. Is he going to run in the four fours? Probably not. Is he going to run a, potentially low four five. Yeah. Is when he's running the ball, it's not like he is burning past people, but he's typically also not really in a contested situation to where he needs to burn past people. What he finds himself in more often than not is finding himself in an advantageous situation where it's him and a cornerback on the outside. If you leave it towards Zach Charbonnet and one DB that is sub 210 pounds. So as long as it's not like a strong safety going into the NFL, I'll take Zach Charbonnet every day. Um, his ability to bounce off of DBs is next level. You don't see it typically at this level of competition going into the NFL. So it's very exciting. Um, the main detractor I would say when it comes to his Zach Charbonnet is people don't like his pad height. Um, my, Comment on that is, yes, does he look a little bit like Latavius Murray when he's running out there? A little bit. The thing about Latavius Murray, very productive, long career that he's still rocking in the NFL. Secondly, 
I just talked about the contact balance. He may be a billboard out there, but he is so strong and physical at the point of contact that he will bully anyone that tries to take down that billboard. And it's something that's very exciting to watch. Um, The other point I would kind of mention on Zach Charbonnet, just because we're kind of, you know, the open conversation that I want to do with him. uh, People talk about his happy feet a lot, how he has some of that wants to be levy on bell or attempts to kind of get a little bit more yardage than his, um, you know, his frame should technically let him get, it will get him into trouble sometimes, but I would say that's due to the fact of his vision more so than anything else. He's able to see the holes and try to wait for his offensive lineman and his blockers to set up to where he will sit there and he'll chop his feet a little bit, as opposed to running into the back of his, you know, offensive line or his second level offensive players that are trying to block for him. Yeah. Will he get tackled from behind because of it? Because he doesn't have that elite burst to actually break away afterwards. Sure. But it's kind of leaning into one of his pros. So most of his faults don't really concern me higher on him than most. I know we talked before the show. We're actually pretty close on him. Um, as of right now, I don't do firm rankings obviously until after the draft, but I have him as RB three right now. I really like Zachary Charbonnet. I wanted him to come out last year just so he could be even younger than he is right now. But anyone that's coming in as a 22 year old with four years of experience at his collegiate career, sign me up. How do you feel about Zach Charbonnet being a senior just in general? Cause I know, you know, it's, a it's an issue for wide receivers coming being a fourth year but for running backs what's your overall like general feeling and then do you feel like you saw any progression in terms of like his talents from his junior year to his senior year yeah i mean he he didn't see a huge i would say talent increase i would just say that overall he did exactly what he did at a more efficient level each year of his collegiate career. Um, It's not like he found a second gear this year that he didn't have last year that equated to him being more successful on runs. Uh, He got more physical more than anything. He, I think he trimmed down a little bit. If you look at his tape from 2021 to 2022, he actually looks slightly more, I don't don't know, cut. I don't really know how to put this when you're looking at a guy in pads, but he, he looked a little bit, you know, a little bit more slimmed down, which may have a you know, leaned in a little bit to that yards per carry metric. But I mean, he's just been a steady Eddie in the Pac-12 at the running back position, which is not something you could typically say in that division. We did have a question regarding his third down role and his possibility. We talked about his target share at the beginning of this at the top. What's your overall feeling in regards to his ability to stay on the field for all three downs? Do you think he's a good enough pass catcher and more on more promptly a pass blocker to obtain that role if it's present? in the modern day NFL. Yeah. I, th- I think he is a efficient pass blocker. Um, could he be a slightly better pass blocker with his size potentially? But again, that kind of comes to his like, I would say just like very short area burst. It's not elite at that level. So can a speed rusher get by him if he's not hundred percent ready for it? Yes. You'll see it occasionally on tape, but he's, very adequate blocker. That's not going to keep him off the field on third downs. And they're going to be putting him on the field in third downs in the NFL because at his size, he has some of the softest hands in this class. Anyone who tells you in this dynasty space going forward or in this rookie space in this offseason that he is not an efficient pass catcher didn't watch tape. They looked at numbers and they told you that based off of analytics alone. Because if you watch him on tape, he's not just you know, a little out route in the backfield, a little sweep to the right or sweep to the left, catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Um, Do you have his A dot by any chance on the top of your head? I don't have it written down. 
I'm currently in routes of getting his ADOT, and I'm also trying to figure out his uh, his pass blocking grade. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure his ADOT was decently far down the field in this overall class ranking-wise. But, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. His wheel route is just elite. He gets out there, and people doubt his straight-line speed. As soon as he rounds the corner, he's pretty much gone, and he will catch the ball pretty much every time that he's thrown to him. Um, just really reliable, and he's a guy um, – so people would like to compare him a little bit kind of to like an Isaiah Pacheco when it comes to the physicality of the running style. Um, Isaiah Pacheco has the speed that he does not have, but he is significantly better of a pass blocker and has way better hands than a Pacheco has. So if you like what you saw from him, that might be a similar vein as to kind of what you would expect from a Charbonnet going into the NFL. All right. So I got his ADA here, uh, according to PFF. He had 12 targets within 10 yards in the center of the field, middle of the field. He had four targets on the right hash within 10 yards, and he had two targets in the left hash all within 10 yards. So I don't have a for sure ADOT on there. I think the ADOT mm -hmm. they currently have him at is a little bit off, um, but that's where I have him in regards to that. And then as a pass blocker, he graded out not super well. Uh, again, this is PFF, so you kind of have to take it for what it is, but it's all subjective. Uh, he got a 32.9 grade as a pass blocker in 2022. He did have a 44 and a half grade in 2021. So something to keep an eye on and to look into in the future. Uh, overall, what is your biggest, what hurdle does Zach Charbonnet need to clear to kind of keep him in that top three for you? Like, what is the one thing you need to see from him to not drop him? Yeah, I think his numbers at the combine are either going to put him in the likes of the classic mid-round running back, um, maybe something more physically what we would expect from like a Damian Pierce level from last year, as opposed to a guy that I like a lot in the first probably two to three rounds of the NFL draft. I, now I know Damian Pierce went in the fourth last year, not that wild of a difference, but um, I mean, if, if Charbonnet's 10-yard splits and his 40 are higher than what they're expected to be, he has the all-around profile and the physicality at the next level where he should be able to find a role and stick very, very easily. Um, I mean, just looking at him when you compare him to a guy from last year's class in Tyler Algier, I mean, like, can you point out a big difference between the two prospects and what they could potentially do at the next level? Probably the quietest thousand yard season we've seen in the last probably five years happened last year with Tyler Algiers. So it's very easy if he falls into a situation similar to that, where you'd be looking at a running back doing the exact same thing next year. But I think the combine more so for him than most will really help or hurt his case going into the NFL draft. Absolutely. And there are a couple of metrics I wanted to mention before we close it out. Uh, Zach Charbonnet had 4.2 yards after contact per attempt. And he had, he was fifth best in the 2022 season amongst, amongst college football leaders in rushing yards over expected uh, per attempt with, or per rush with 1.9 yards. Uh, yeah. And that is above the likes of Kendra Miller, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, Devon Chain, guys like that. So, you know, it's it, it's important. I think he's like a Tyler Algier that actually is a suitable and good pass catcher, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Dallas, for being on here. I appreciate that. That is our Zach Charbonnet breakdown. Uh, go ahead and give them where they can find you at, and we'll talk again soon. 
Yeah, uh, you can find me, like uh, Britt had said, at the Dynasty War Zone. I am the host of the Rookie Rundown show. Um, it drops every Sunday night going into your Monday morning commute to work. I am in the thick of my own rookie content. Um, actually just dropped a fun little Dynasty War Zone uh, GM mock is how I would describe it. So a lot of our Patreons, as well as our content creators for the channel, hopped in and picked the selections for our favorite NFL teams draft are included as to how we would fix the teams. And now I will be diving pretty heavily into um, kind of what to expect in free agency for some rookie um, related situations that we'll be looking at. So there's a lot of talk about the quarterback carousel, a lot of talk about the running back specific free agency that I'll be diving into leading up to the combine and the draft before I start hitting my profiles pretty hard for you in the off season. But again, you can find me on Twitter at salad galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L and it's been great to be here again, Britt. It's been a good time and I'm excited to, uh, you know, do this again. Absolutely. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at the FF Sandman. My link tree's got all the goods on it. Uh, this is rookie on the rise and we'll see you again soon. Peace.